What's up? I am living the dream. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's true or not. Hang on. I want to make sure we're recording here. Okay. Let me let me reset this game. Okay. That's showing on my end. That's not recording. Oh, there it goes. Now it's recording. Oh my gosh. So everything we just said it's... did not record. Awesome. Okay, we'll restart. Three, two, one. Well, we were still live when you, <laughs> when you said let me restart. <laughs> yeah. Um. Sid Vicious moment there. You ever see that promo? I don't think so. He he does a promo. I don't remember where it was. I, it might have been WCW. And he botched his lines. He's like, oh, can I start again? And the, you hear the camera guys like, we're live. Because they were live on, I think it was Nitro. <clears throat> oh, okay. Well, do you want to restart then? No, I think we're good. Okay. It adds it adds character. Character. Yep. Yeah. Well, we got some big news, but I'm gonna hold off on that. I'm gonna hold off on that because there's a lot of discussion I have about that. Yes. I even went to the liberty of making a list, a couple lists actually, dedicated to what that big news is. Because it really is infuriating and it's becoming a pattern. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Uh, I want to start with some of the stuff that isn't, <coughs> excuse me, isn't so discussion worthy, but is worth mentioning. So Hangman Adam Page announced this week on Instagram he is expecting a baby with his wife. Ooh. So congratulations to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that makes sense, Raw has had its lowest viewership in its entire history this past Monday. So the first hour did 1.536 million for ratings. Second hour was 1.549 million. And the final hour was 1.168 million. <laughs> It is worth noting as well. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch Raw. Uh, but I saw that Drew McIntyre went over Kofi Kingston. And now it's going to be Drew McIntyre and Lashley going for the championship again. Again. Yep. Again. So I I don't <clears throat> know. It, I don't know why they continue to do this stuff. I mean, it just solidifies to me why this viewership is as low as it is and why a lot of people are just turning the TV off. You know, I I was hanging out with my dad yesterday and we were talking about it and he says he hasn't even been watching. And I honestly, I haven't been watching too closely either. I mean, I, I watch, but I don't. Right. 
like I'll I'll look at things and I'll you know when it's when it's promo time and everything I'll usually be doing something else and I just listen but I don't know it's a train wreck it's just repetitive and like you know there's I don't know it's it's whoever's in charge I just want to talk to them you know <laughs> just, just want to talk, talk to them you know that's what I want to do not tell them how idiotic their booking is. Just talk. Right. Like, if you told me that the same people, same company that produced SmackDown or the same company that produces Raw, I wouldn't believe you. Uh, you know, oh, there's, there's no way. There's no it's way. It's so different. It's like, SmackDown's watchable. Raw, no. Yeah, I... I honestly think that third hour is what's messing them up because they're they're trying to compensate by adding more for that third hour. Exactly, they need to, they need to cut out the third hour. It's way too long. It's just it's nonsense they put on there every week. I mean, it's unrealistic. People don't watch every WWE program every week. Very very small percentage of fans do. But let's just run through the numbers. If you watch every show, and I, I'll admit, I don't even know some of the numbers. Raw is three hours. SmackDown is two hours. NXT is two hours. NXT UK, I believe, is two hours. Even, even barebone fans, you know, Raw, SmackDown, NXT. That's seven hours of wrestling a week. And that's when there's not a pay-per-view. Right. That's a lot. Too much. I agree. I think it is. Wait, is NXT two hours? Yeah, no? it's two hours. Okay. Because yep. I, I remember the like the last time I was like watching NXT, it was only an hour. But oh, an hour. No, it's it's eight to ten. Yeah, that, that tells you how long it's been. Ever since I became an AEW stan. Yeah. But speaking of AEW, can you see that John Moxley is also taking a hiatus? Well, he is taking a hiatus. Yes, he's injured, right? No, Renee's a baby. Oh, that's right. She's about to have her kid. Oh, geez. Yeah, so I guess he's leaving, which is, you know, that's a dumb excuse. Be there for your kid. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, wrestling comes first. Yeah. No matter what. No, I saw the article and it made. I saw the title. I'm like, "Oh, is he injured or is he like leaving, leaving?" And I saw, "Oh, he's expecting a baby." Oh, okay. Soon. Yeah, I mean that that I'm cool with. That that's whatever. And and they're really not doing a whole lot right now with him anyway. <clears throat> I mean, he he does have his program with the Bucks and with Eddie Kingston. And that's going to be, you know, another hot, cold segment with AEW because they do kind of have that tendency of, like, kind of committing to a to an angle and then pulling away from it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And this is just going to be another one of those, at least for now. Maybe. But I think he, needs he, to... won't, be, he won't be gone long. I, I could imagine he's maybe gone a couple months. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he's going to be out any... Uh, irreparable amount of time. All right, let's uh, let's stay on the 
topic of AEW because our last big news break is WWE related. Mm-hmm. So we messed up last week. And to be honest, I didn't even remember until about 20 minutes ago when I saw the article. We missed one big announcement from AEW from Double or Nothing. You know which one I'm talking about? I do. The world's strongest man. Yeah, I messed it up. Yeah, we forgot it somehow. You forgot it. I was going to say it. (laughs) (laughs) So AEW announced that Mark Henry signed a multi-year contract with AEW to be a, a coach, an analyst, and a talent scout. So he's going to be kind of a in-front-of-the-camera executive or producer role. I don't know exactly the details of either role, but he's going to be not exactly a competitor. Uh, people mm-hmm. ask him about if he would compete and he says he still has a lot in the tank so he shouldn't be competing he retired well I think he's apprehensive to compete but the way he came off was if the right opportunity arises hey you know I can still go yeah but when you retire you retire that's when you start bringing that back did he formally retire he did or did he? Re- well, I don't remember him retiring. I do. I think it was like 2019. Look it up. The only retirement I remember is when he came out and tricked John Cena back in like 2015 or 16. Well, that was way before that. But 2017, he retired. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I I do. I do support that. I'm on I'm on the side of when you say you retire. Retire, and in this case, I think it's forgivable. Maybe because he didn't pull a Shawn Michaels or a Ric Flair. He didn't have a match that he capitalized on. For the company well the company can't be held accountable for him going on to wrestling but he made money on a retirement match because that was the draw of those matches for sean and for rick making retirement matches it was it was booked as this the last time you get you're gonna see these guys wrestle is the last time they're wrestling potentially because they were it was like a career match and everything but still, that was the last time you saw them wrestling because it was a retirement match. And then goes to Saudi and wrestles, and Rick goes on to TNA and wrestles. And I don't know. Those are the two biggest offenders of that that I can think of that really irritate me with that. Those are the two wrestlers that I can honestly say you should have stayed retired because of how you did the match, your retirement match. And they rode off in a they rode off in the sunset with how their matches went 
fantastic matches, phenomenal matches at WrestleMania, debatably the height of their respected WrestleManias and main event of their each retired each retirement WrestleMania. And then they go on to do that stuff. I don't know. Maybe I'm just bitter. What do you think? Do you think that was wrong of them to do? Both of them? Oh, yeah, of course. It's just, like people say, it's taking away opportunities for the wrestlers, you know? And I don't even think it was. Look at the look at the match that DX and the Brothers of Destruction had at, in Saudi. It was it was mid rate. That wasn't prime Shawn Michaels. Triple H tore his pack, so you can't really hold him too accountable for that match sucking. You can. I mean, you can to an extent, but I mean, what are you going to do? The guy's injured. He's almost fifty years old. I think he should be wrestling. <laughs> yeah. But but I'm okay with Triple H wrestling because he hasn't retired. That's he also, still looks yeah, good. That's also true. That's also true. He still looks good. He can still go. You know, Undertaker and Kane, that's a different story. Kane is still moderately good. He's he's not the you know, the beast that he was before, obviously. No, but I don't he never retired, I don't think. Did he? Kane? Not Formally, no. He just Undertaker, stuck away, obviously, because he's mayor. Yeah, Undertaker, I, I don't know. He retired. He, he, no, I mean, he, he did, but, like, I think he kind of sputtered at the end. He had a couple of shining moments where it was good, and it was like, oh, maybe he still has some, some in the tank, and then he had some moments that were not great, where he got gassed early, and, you know, he couldn't exactly perform to the level that he wanted to and the level that you know people would want to see Undertaker perform at but you know it, as far as Sean goes stay retired man and Rick Rick goes to TNA does not look good at all No, even in the end of his WWE run he did not look good no, did you see that WrestleMania match? His physique? Oh my gosh. Yeah. My, grand, my grandfather has a better physique than that. Yep. That's yeah. honestly. And you, you take a guy like Sean, who at that time was still looking pretty good. He still looks good. I, You know, he hasn't like deteriorated physically. But you take someone like that and you put him against someone that looks like Rick, it takes away your ability to believe. Right. To suspend your disbelief for wrestling for this match because you have this this seemingly old and feeble guy compared to what Shawn Michaels was at the time, and he's given him a run for his money. You know? Yeah. And I'm not saying he was, you know, underperforming in that match or anything, but when you look strictly at physical appearance, it was just, it didn't match up. Especially in TNA, too. Because he was working with all the younger guys and not looking great. He, he didn't have many matches in TNA either. Not enough to like raise a big stink about, but still. I'm bitter about those two points. 
Stone Cold, why can't you, why can't you be like Stone Cold? When he retired, he retired. He's still youngish when he retired. Yeah, he... He never had a match after he retired. He didn't, no. he. His was more medical, though. His wasn't well, yeah, necessarily just match. getting old. He, he still could have went like that. He could have had maybe one or two matches that weren't that Yeah, he, he could have had some, some mid-level matches. I'm glad I mean, he retired when he did, though. Yeah. But, like, The Undertaker, he had a bunch of medical issues. He should have retired. He's yeah, but some of those matches were rough, man. At least, at least Undertaker had the boneyard to, you know, leave with. Who was it? Was it with... Yeah. It was either with Roman or with Brock. Taker had a match, and he was just gassed. Oh, it was Roman. Yep. Okay. I remember watching the last ride, and he was—he kept apologizing to Roman Reigns about that match. He felt bad because he made Roman Reigns look bad. Yep. Was that the match where he left his stuff in the middle of the ring and went down the thing to close yep. the show? Okay, that was 30, 34, I think, yeah, in Orlando. Yeah, because that was the same one that like AJ and Shane McMahon had. Was it AJ and Shane or was it AJ and Randy? Was it? For that WrestleMania. Was it AJ Styles and Randy or AJ and Shane? I don't remember. I believe it was Shane. I think it, my heart says Shane. I think AJ and Randy was the next year. I can swear. That's going to bug me because I can picture the match in my head. But I cannot for the life of me see who it was against. Was it WrestleMania 33 or 34? I, I think it was 34. You sure? No, no. I think it would have been 33. It was my senior year of high school. So it would have been 2017. Yes, 34 was an Undertaker beat John Cena in like two minutes. So yeah. It was had to be 34. Oh, yeah. Okay. 34 is when the Hardy Boys returned, too. Yeah, those two kind of bleed together for me because they were kind of similar looking as far as, like, stage setup and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, AJ and Shane. Yep. Okay. Yeah, because I think AJ and Randy was the next year. Yeah, I, that seems right. Anyways, we got way off topic, but all good. So on Dynamite, and again, I have to thank my dad because he reminded me that it was on. I was playing a game because it was Friday. It was Friday night, and I was like not thinking about Dynamite. I forgot they have them on Friday right now because of the playoffs with NBA, but He's like, well, I guess Andrade's in AEW. And I'm like, oh, crap. And I changed the channel, and he's in the ring. I'm like, awesome. Who? Oh, Andrade? Yeah. Andrade, oh, uh, help me. Help me. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. All right, so before we get to that, Vicky Guerrero's in the ring. Of course. 
she announces that she has a new person that she's managing and then out comes Andrade. No music yet, but I'm not sure what they're going to do there. But I mean, when she when she said that and people saw it was Andrade, they all kind of like stood up and it, he was well received. Of course. He had a short promo saying he was going to be the face AEW and, mm-hmm. you know, all the generic stuff. No, he won't. And, uh, yeah. He won't be. Not of AEW. Man, I'm telling you, I think he will be. No, he won't. He wasn't even Man. WWE. Come on. You're going to... I think I'm going to catch some heat for this one, but I I have a wrestling opinion that's very unpopular. I'll get it over with. <laughs> Had to take a drink real quick. So, as far as charisma goes... I do not think that Andrade is on par with Eddie Guerrero. In the ring, I think Eddie, or I think Andrade is on par with Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio. I think he's that good. Now, charisma-wise, he's not better than Eddie. At least not yet. I don't know that he could be. But as far as in-ring ability, I think he's right there. One second. One second. Give me a second okay. before I need to... I need to... I don't think what you just said. Yeah. Uh-huh. What did he say? <sighs> you know what I said. Oh... <sighs> And I'll stand by it. Now, I said in ring, okay? A lot of Eddie Guerrero's fame was on his charisma. Now, I'm not saying that to discredit his in-ring ability, but I'm saying that those two things together are gas and fire. When they're together, they make something huge. Now, Sorry. No. <laughs> no. Sorry. I'm trying to defend my point, and you're just. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Pushing go me ahead. down. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just messing around. Calm down. Now, am I, am I wrong to say that Ray is not very charismatic? Oh no, well, you're not wrong at all. Outside of his in-ring ability, which is no, pretty good. I think he's on par in ring. In ring ability. As far as charisma and promos, nowhere near Eddie Guerrero. But I think he's that level. He could be. He could be. He's still young. Now that I've gotten that hot seat take out of the way. So at the end of this, the announcers are saying, you know, at the end of this, and even when they come back from the next commercial break, they're like, wow, you know, we just saw, you know, Andrade come here and blah, blah, blah. You know, they're they're hyping him up. And JR, God bless him, said, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but he called him El Elo. He didn't know how to pronounce or what his nickname was, El Elo. 
and that he he got stuck on that and then there was maybe a second and a half two seconds of dead air and then he said help me and then i believe it was tony said you know he's el idolo the idol i want to give him the benefit of the doubt man something happened where uh you cut out it went like completely silent and i wasn't hearing anything Uh oh and i don't know what happened me neither okay so how far did you hear of of what i said you were talking about how i think it was shivani that corrected him yeah he uh he corrected jr and said he's El Idolo, the idol. And beyond that, I said, you know, I want to give JR the benefit of the doubt that maybe this was secret and the announcers didn't know he was going to be there and JR was just, like, kind of caught off guard, had a slip where he didn't know mm-hmm. what the nickname was. I hope and so. if that's the case, I can give him a break. If they knew he was going to come, like, come on, man. It can't be that hard to, like, do a little, at least a little research on them. I mean, does JR know how to use a computer? Hopefully. Yeah. I would think so. No, he does. You know, I I did some digging, and he he went on. I, I don't have the name of the podcast in front of me, but he went on a podcast and said, Andrade asking for his release from WWE was not being very smart and a couple other things. So he like, he knows of Andrade. Right. I, I don't think he knows his extent that he's El Udolo or, you know, he was Andrade almost there. Or, you know, I don't know the extent that he knows or doesn't know him, but it was just weird. It was weird. But now he knows and hopefully he'll remember yeah I hope so <laughs> yeah so they're, they're using the uh, he is using the LE logo yeah his when they did the like so and so is all elite his uh, his thing was Andrade El Idolo so no Almas okay well he wasn't using Almas in WWE, he wa- he was in NXT, but not main roster, or if it was main roster, very briefly. But former NXT champion, I think that's a what a US champion. Yeah, he was US champion. That's right. For a bit. Hopefully, future AEW heavyweight champion slash Triple A champion. Uh, I see him more of a, as a TNT champion kind of guy. I don't know. We'll see, though. I can't really say much. He hasn't done anything yet. so we'll You'll see. see in, like, how long do I want to give this? We'll see in, like, nine months. I'll say nine months. Just be safe. A year to a year and a half. I don't know. I don't see. I don't think. I don't see them rushing into anything right now. You're gonna see. He's gonna just take off. I don't think so. 
just they're going to strap a rocket to his back. The fans are going to see him for the greatness he has. He's going to be AEW champion. You possibly Triple H champion. People say this about anybody that goes from WWE to AEW, though. So, it, in a way, yeah. But I, I strongly feel like this for Andrade. I do. It, there are there are people that I said you know there's potential there for them to get to that level. Maybe not even win the title, but just get to that level. Uh, Miro being a good example because I thought maybe he can break his stride. Turn it out to kind of what, what he's doing right now, going on this uh, badass run of, you know, Bobby Lashley esque proportions where he just throws people around like a rag doll. Yeah. And just becomes an unstoppable force. It, now, someone like Sean Spears, I, I kind of knew. He wasn't going to hit that level. Jake Hager, I don't think would ever hit that level. Um, who else is there from WWE? Hundreds. Uh, Matt Hardy, Jeff. Uh, Matt Hardy, Chris Jericho. I could see Matt Hardy before the Matt Hardy. What's it called? His thing. I don't. I don't remember what it is. The Matt Hardy Foundation or or whatever. Before he went manager, I could have seen him in the main picture. But he's far out now. Yeah. I'm not winning the title, but maybe competing is one of those middle spots where you're just kind of lulling along until you can get to the next spot right. that you want to get to. Um, yeah, who else is there? There's too many, man. I'm trying to think. I, I really can't think of many others. That that I would would have thought maybe they would hit that stride. Brody Lee, I thought might have had that potential. Yeah, that that sadly was added by that, Yeah, that was a strong maybe for me. He was good, especially towards the end when Cody started putting him over with the TNT title and everything. I think he would have had that title for a while, then built his reputation and his his work ability and then went for something like that when the time was better. Yeah. Oh, that was another guy. Cody. People were saying, oh, he's going to be world champion over there. Blah, blah, blah. He won't be. Well, he he, won't he be had now. that match where he can't challenge for the title now. Um, yeah. I, do I think Cody is worthy of that title maybe maybe i think it would depend on the situation he's not one of those guys where it doesn't matter the situation he deserves a championship i think it would depend on the situation the person the circumstance who else is in contention for the title but it's not like it matters now because he can't challenge for it well i say that but i'm sure it'll Come around to where he can. You know, I want to say something about Cody Rhodes, too, because a lot of people have been giving him crap online. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have been giving him crap about, oh, he doesn't put anybody over, and it's all about him, and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because, like, you look at 
first off, let's start first off. He can't challenge for the world title. Right. So he's not in the picture. Yeah. So that's that's one. Two. Who, who put Darby Allen on the map? Uh, Cody. Cody. <laughs> who smashed Brody Lee over when he took the brutal beatings on those two dynamites from Brody Lee and let him smash Cody in that Cody. match? Squash Maddie. Squash Cody in those matches. Jeez. Cody. Cody. Yeah. It, even Lance Archer to a, to an extent, you know, he had a lot of role in making him the credible murder hawk monster. He's not so credible anymore with some of the stuff he's doing, just being kind of a goon and running in here and there, not really having an effect on anything and not really living up to the name. But in the beginning, he Cody smashed a lot of these guys over. Now, the only thing I don't like about Cody is the current American Dream thing. But Yes, that I absolutely disagree with. I disagree with him taking on the American Dream thing. I think he can be overbearing in some regards. You know, do I think he needs a longer entrance? No. I think that's kind of unnecessary at the least. If it if this was on AEW's dime, I think him having the temporary theme song with Snoop Dogg was unnecessary. If that was a personal thing that he funded, fine. But if that came out of AEW's pocketbook, which it probably did, I think that was uncalled for. Those funds could have been used better. I, the other thing I will say about Cody, I think he's a little too over the top. Yeah, he well, he tries to be over the top, and he's just... He doesn't deliver. Yeah, I mean, that that promo against a go-go before Double or Nothing was a little overbearing. It was a little hard to sit through because it was just like... I, I don't know how to say it. He, he made a mountain out of a molehill. Yeah. You know? Guys back in the day, when it came to, you know, like Russia versus the U.S., Canada versus the U.S., anything where people said, oh, well, the U.S. sucks and country X, Y, or Z is better, you would just say, no, it's not, and I'm going to prove it when we have this match, and then you have the match. Yeah. But, but Cody had to make it into a rally cry and just, you know, all this crazy stuff, and it just... It, it was so overbearing that it didn't stick. Yeah. Because it kind of took you out of that. For me, at least. But I don't think he deserves a lot of the hate that he gets. No, no. He's not a bad guy, but, you know. No. Not a bad guy at all. It's just... I mean, even like the Bucks and Kenny, they they smash themselves over. But at the same time, it's not exactly unjustified. Yeah, I mean, 
Kenny doesn't have any pull on, you know, making the decision for him to be the AAA champion or the Impact champion. Right. For AEW, that's questionable because he's an executive. Same thing with the Young Bucks, but I mean, I I think the Young Bucks are a little. How do you, how do you say it? Overrated. <laughs> I think they're a little overrated. They're a great tag team. Oh, they are. No, best of today. I don't know about that. Or best ever. Definitely not best ever. Best of today. That's de- debatable. Yeah. I think they're in that conversation for sure. Oh, for today, yes. Yes. Now, are they absolutely the best? I don't. I don't know. I think the Us- I think the Usos have a claim in that conversation. Um, modern tag teams. Who else would be in that conversation? Not a lot of them. Usos. Don't say it. I know you're going to say it. Don't do it. New they're, day. They're not the best. No, they're not the best. But they're one of the they're, best. Mm, they are one of the best. Get out of here. They're one of the best. I just said get out of here. Okay, okay can, I, can I explain myself, though? They're one of the sure. best in regards to how popular they are. Maybe not in-ring, but how popular they are. I, I can credit them with popularity. I can do that. As far as in-ring ability... Well, no. It, as far as in-ring ability and promos and... Oh, I think they're Overall, I think they're... If they are the top 10, they're the 9 or 10. It, for modern teams. But they're they're over so much, though. You know, if you like when they're live, you know, it's live crowd, man, then you hear the... Oh, was it? Was it? Don't you dare be sour. Everyone goes. The thing we've been hearing for seven years. Yeah, six years, close to six years. But 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 answer this though. Don't they still get the same reaction every time? Not for me. Not from you. But you're not everybody. What I'm saying is, they still get the reaction from the live crowd. I'd be interested to see. I know it's impossible to collect data on this for one team. Well, maybe not, because maybe you could collect ratings, but I'd be interested to see their trajectory through ratings through the years. Because I know when they first came out, they were white hot. And honestly, I was a fan for the first couple of years. And then things were repetitive. It was just the same stuff. The same look. Yes. Nothing changed. But fans actually like it. Yes, but at the same time, and the, and this isn't to say that it's necessarily wrong. This is pure, purely personal bias. Purely. You you can't do the same thing all the time. You know it. And and I'll say, popularity, I can't deny that. I can't. For me, personally, their promos don't do it for me. Their in-ring ability definitely does not do it for me. 
Biggie, I think, is the the best of the three. I think he has the best in ring ability of the three. Maybe. Let's see it. I just, I don't know. I can't get behind Kofi. I can't get behind Kofi and Xavier to me is just kind of annoying. I think you're just a Debbie Downer. Sometimes, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. It, and the, it, here's the thing. It wouldn't even have to be a, a major change that would even kind of rope me back in. I'll admit, when they had kind of their dark days, when they were thinking about splitting up and stuff, when Brand and Kofi and Xavier were left over and they got a little serious and somber and it wasn't all party all the time. Yeah. I think that was decent. It was different. You didn't know. You know, I, I think, and I know a lot of people would throw Matt Riddle in my face on that. Like, oh, he's always kind of joking around and the same and whatever. But, like, he added the scooter. That's a fresh touch. His promos are fantastic. Decent. I think they're pretty fantastic for what they are. I'm not going to say they're, you know, the best of today or anything, but when he talks, I listen. As far as in-ring ability, he knows. He's one of those rare guys that knows when to have a match and when to turn that, that knob up to 11. And when he has to really double down, get serious, and just prove that he is absolutely one of those kayfabe lethal guys in the ring. All right. I don't want to, I don't want to delve too deep in that. Cause I feel like we go all over the place with like, Oh, this team is this and this team is that. Let's move on to, we have one more thing before the big one. So, you didn't watch Dynamite this week, but I caught this part. So, Britt Baker cut a promo. She's obviously AEW Women's Champion right now. And the promo didn't make sense to me. I'm a huge Britt Baker fan. But this promo did not make sense. She said, she basically came out and in the midst of her promo said, you know what, to celebrate this, Check under your chairs. There's a coupon for a free burger. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's kind of weird. And then, and then she said, you know, she was kind of egging the crowd on, like, yeah, they're under your seats. And then, you know, milked it a little bit. And then she was like, I'm just kidding. They're not under there. And then, like, continued on like a heel promo. Mm-hmm. I have some backstory for that. I don't know why they did it, but McDonald's apparently sent Britt Baker 1,500 
Big Mac coupons for her celebration on Dynamite. And they said at the end of this letter that they have another gift for her on the way. So I I don't know why they did that. I don't know what to make of it. It's kind of weird. Does, does that count as like a sponsorship in some way? Probably. I mean, she didn't say Big Mac or McDonald's. She just said burgers. Just burgers. That was it. No yeah. mention of McDonald's. As a promo, I will say it came off as really weird. And for guys that, for people that aren't like us that dig in the dirt sheets and stuff, and you just saw that and walked away from it with, for what it was, it's like, what the hell was she talking about with burgers? What, what was that? <laughs> you know? That's how I felt until I saw this story. But I don't know. I just, I thought that was interesting. I was like, what? Why did they do that? Especially when she didn't say McDonald's or Big Mac or anything. She didn't say anything about McDonald's. You know, they didn't they didn't promo it at all, which you would think you would do when you send someone a coupon, a fifteen hundred count coupon book for Big Macs, right? Plus more on the way. I don't know. It's the whole thing's weird. Is McDonald's going to sponsor AEW? Maybe. Are we... I just had the, the dumbest idea. What? You know how WWE has the ice cream bars? Yeah, they're going to have... AEW chicken nuggets. Big Macs. Get, get your Britt Baker chicken nuggets with her face on them or something. <laughs> just like grill marks of wrestlers' faces on the chicken nuggets. I could see that. You might have just predicted that, dude. Oh, and they could have JR barbecue sauce. Oh, yeah. And like, I don't even know what else. Some cowboy something and have Hangman's page, Hangman's picture on it or something. The American something and have Cody on it. You have wrestling guys for toys? Yes, Happy Meal toys. Just make, you know, cheaper, smaller wrestling guys, you know. You get you get your pop in a little bit of the bubbly cup. Because it's technically bubbly. But it's not like alcoholic bubbly. Mm-hmm. One of the toys could be the List of Jericho. If there's no copyright issues with that. List of Jericho. I wish he'd bring that back. Make a brand deal, man. Make a brand deal with McDonald's. You know, and you could have a thing where, like, well, I don't know, because of insider BS and everything, like, it could never happen. But, like, one in a hundred meals or McDonald's is bigger than that. One in a thousand meals or 10,000 meals, whatever, has an autograph AEW photo or something. I don't yeah. know. Something like that. Be cool. Let's uh, let's move on to the elephant in the room. There's an elephant? Yeah. Where? Pretty big one. Oh. Oh, yeah. A very big one. How big? <laughs> Breaking the room, honestly. 
call me fat? No. This <laughs> this news story is super fat. We got WWE releasing Braun Strowman, mm-hmm. Alistair Black, mm-hmm. Lana. Quit it, you're scaring me. Murphy. Oh, you're scaring me. Ruby Riot. Oh, you're scaring me more. And Santana Garrett. Which Santana Garrett just kind of felt like the F you in this because like she was the only non-major star and they're just like, yeah, I'll just throw her in there too. <laughs> like, really? She was probably on a... She wasn't on a contract nearly as big as some of these other guys. Did, right. Like, you really had to save that nickel and dime. Couldn't give her a chance to maybe flourish a little bit. Maybe see that investment through. Where do we start, man? Where do we start? We start about Braun. The biggest though for Braun. I think Braun was a long time coming. Because they circled with him. If he wasn't champion, he was lost in limbo. Doing dumb stuff like saying he was going to fight for all the people that were called stupid ever. Yeah. And booked in dumb angles like that. He, his, his biggest blessing is also his biggest curse. He's so big and so imposing. There really isn't anybody left for him to face WWE or AEW. He's, Bigger than Lance Archer, Wardlow, Jake Hager, Miro, Brian Cage. He's bigger than Omas. He's bigger than Andre the Giant. I'm just <laughs> I don't think he's too far off, honestly. <laughs> you want to run the stats on that? Yeah, let me look it up. Let me look it up. Let me look it up. I'll look up Braun. Look up Andre's build, weight, and height, and then look up Braun's. I think Braun is like six uh, foot eight or nine and three hundred some pounds. Andre was seven four. Okay. okay. How much do you weigh? Seven four, five hundred and twenty pounds. Yeah, I thought it was five something. And then Braun. I got Braun. Uh, Braun Strowman. The hottest free agent right now. Uh, Debatable. 6'8", 385. Oh, yeah, he's like a lot smaller. Okay. Okay, so half a foot. Half a foot and what the B, 140 pounds? Mm Mm-hmm. Roughly. But there is also something to be said about Braun Strowman's accelerated athleticism compared to Andre. Andre was big to a fault, athletically, to where he couldn't do a whole lot athletically at that size compared to other people. I think that would have been a pretty even match because what Braun lacked in – size he makes up for an ability and mobility 
but yeah, I, some of this list is frustrating. And it, I wanted to save this for last because I, I knew this was going to turn into a, a conversation, a whole conversation. Honestly, I don't see Braun really going anywhere else. He had a guaranteed downside of $1.2 million a year. Um, I don't think Tony would match that money for what Braun would be able to offer. I don't think Braun would thrive in a different setting no. without that guidance. I just, I, I think Braun Strowman's going to silently kind of back away from wrestling and maybe move towards something else. I think he might do some smaller bookings here and there, and then I think he's going to move on. If he did show up anywhere, I would I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a impact, maybe Ring of Honor. I doubt Ring of Honor, but maybe. If I had to make an educated guess, I would say impact. I can see that. <clears throat> what do you think? Where do you where do you think he would end up, or do you think WWE would end up signing him back in the future? I think they could, maybe. After a couple of years. I don't know with him, though. He's 37, you know, so he's kind of getting up there a little bit. Yeah. He might be getting that itch, though, you know, once he's away for a little while. He might, he might want to stay in the business or he might want to, yeah. you know, take some time to reflect and then be like, man, I missed the ring. And by that point, you know, his desire kind of clouds his want to match the financial backing that he was getting before at the 1.2 million downside. Yeah. Which obviously doesn't take into consideration extra things like title runs or merchandise sales, figure sales, A, B, and C. Right. Alistair Black, I think, is the most surprising out of this one. I don't I don't think I'm controversial in saying that. No, I'm pissed. Yeah, that's like come on, dude. Like that's just proof that Vince McMahon doesn't care how the fans feel about anything. I've I've heard some stories too that Paul Heyman was really the only reason they kept Alistair because he was so heavy an advocate for Alistair and that's what on board. He just returned. He did. And now, you know, obviously you lose a big talent in Aleister Black, but there's also something to be said on, you know, where does this leave Big E? Does he feud with Apollo for another couple months? Probably. In an anticlimactic way? Do they just move on like Alistair not being there or Alistair being there never happened? It's just stupid. What's the point of having him return if you're just going to release him two weeks later? And they said it was because of budget cuts. Like, really? Budget cuts? 
Honestly, I think Vince didn't see promise in what came out of Alistair Black in the in the um help me, what was that book called? The Dark Father. Mm-hmm. The Dark Father. I don't think he saw the the point of it and what they were doing with it, and I think that made part of the decision. He doesn't see anything anymore. He's just out of touch with anything with everything. Yeah, I just I wonder if this too is kind of an era of shifting and Vince realizes that, you know, he's he's getting old and he has to shift these things over to the powers that will be when he is no longer around. And I'm just wondering if this is an awkward transition phase of power. And that's part of what's going on here. Where do you have a ideology and yeah things like that there's also a lot of rumors that they're trying to make the company look a lot better to uh sell it to who i don't know but to sell it to somebody which i hope doesn't happen no i hope not either if you sell it the only people that are going to buy it for the money that they would want are big name players. The one I could think of is Disney. Oh. If Disney gets it, it's going to turn into a cartoon. Oh. It's going to turn into a cartoon that is unwatchable for anybody under the age of 10. It's going to be a joke of wrestling. I like wrestling at that point. You're going to see merchandise of unfathomable, unfathomable numbers of legends that are their merchandise is cash grabs you know you always see rick flair and stone cold and the rock and john cena and you know all these people that are just like hey you remember this era when you were a kid you know buy this shirt again buy this figure yeah again. so i i hope that's not the route they're going i really do no matter how bad <clears throat> right now I'd rather keep it with somebody who has been in the business for a long time rather than give it to a different company or a person who doesn't know what they're doing yeah and somebody that wants to mainstream it and make right. it not wrestling anymore you know I I don't know we can't change the fact that these guys got released where do you think Alistair Black would fit best if anywhere New Japan or Impact, I think. I think he can do New Japan. I think he'd thrive more there. I can't think off the top of my head if he's been there. I don't know that he has been. I think he could do some interesting stuff in AEW if they went that route. If they didn't sign, you know, I don't, I don't think they need him, but I could, I could see them doing some interest with Darby Allen, 
I I think him and Christian Cage would be interesting. I think if he really got a chance to dive into that darker character and start to mess with that a little bit, I feel like that could really be a key factor for AEW. Or maybe it could be a main push for their new... What's their new show called? Rampage? Rampage, yep. Maybe he could be a flagship runner for that. Who knows? As far as Impact goes, I don't know the roster well enough to tell you if he would be good there or not. He was a great fit for the Indies. Ring of Honor is not exactly Indies, but I could see him going there and maybe kind of building himself up and then coming back to maybe a WWE or an AEW or even an Impact. New Japan, I don't know. I really don't know how they would receive him over there. I don't know. I, I think he'll end up somewhere, though. I think he'll be fine. Uh, let's talk about Lana. Former ravishing Russian. Do you think she'll end up anywhere? No. Not even with Miro? Maybe for a little bit. Okay. I, I say she, she won't end up anywhere as a wrestler. I think she can end up as like another manager type. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, too, when she was the ravishing Russian... And she was a manager. She was great. Yeah. She was great. She had the the accent down. Her promos were good. She was good in general. They dropped the accent, and she started to wrestle, in my opinion, too early on national television. And I, I think that's a big reason she never succeeded. Yeah. As a wrestler. If you want my opinion, I think she should have stayed in training a bit longer. They should have kept the Rusev angle going where they were heels. And then bring Lana out as this badass woman that's just sadistic in the ring, just brutal. And she really turns it up and just build her as this crazy Russian heel. As the ravishing Russian Lana. Yeah. That was a different enough character to where it stood out. It was interesting. And it wasn't generic. And now she's all, you know, oh, I'm just glad to be here. And I'm just friends with everybody and everything's great. I got put through a table eight weeks in a row, but it's all okay. You know, (laughs) just happy to be here. Passive, boring, doesn't work. Mentality. That's how I would have done it. I would have made her a devious, brutal heel in the ring. And I would have held her out of the ring from being on national TV for four or five months, trained her up, and then did that. Four or five extra months from what she did.
I, I can't remember what it was. Ah, oh, Christ, what was I going to say? Oh, yes. Um, I think one of the big monkey wrenches in this, too, was they were doing that storyline, if you remember, where Lana was kind of changing sides and she was um, flirting with Dolph Ziggler and oh yeah, doing all that. And then Rusev and Lana announced that they got married in real life. And then you got that storyline of, you know, Bobby Lashley is... Or Lana's cheating on Rusev with Bobby Lashley. And I think that's pretty much where everything started to really just tumble downhill. I I think there was a missed opportunity there, but I think it was... I think the opportunity was missed before this release. I think it was missed a couple of years ago when they transitioned Lana to a wrestler. In the way that they transitioned her, not the fact that they did it. Let's talk about Buddy Murphy. What do you what do you think on Buddy Murphy? Yeah. When I saw his name, I was like, that's okay. I was of the same opinion because they haven't done anything. Yeah, he hasn't really. There's two things I can remember. He was with his daughter. I think her sister. I don't remember. Somebody related to the Mysterios when he was still with like Seth Rollins, he was the disciple. Um, and then they, they weren't together and whatever. And then Alistair Black came back to help Murphy against, was it Seth? I think so. That, those are the only two things I can think of with him. And then obviously he was 205 live champion a little while ago, pre pandemic. So I, I think this is a case of, you know, they didn't know what they wanted to do with him. They didn't use him properly. He's a strong, strong mid-carder. I think Impact would be the best for him. Impact or Ring of Honor, I think, would be the best for him. I, I don't think he's ever going to be a main event guy. No. But he's a, he's a very strong mid-carder. At the least. He does have that talent. Next on the list, we have Ruby Riot. And I, and I want to ask you this in a segment, segmented question, rather. Okay. What, do you, what do you think of her leaving as a singles competitor? What do you think of her leaving as a tag team competitor in the Riot squad? I don't really know much about her, but I do know she was very popular. With the Ruby, you know, the Riot Squad. But I don't know, to be honest. I think as a singles competitor, I've said this before. I don't, maybe not on the show, but I think she's one of the best female technical wrestlers. As far as chaining a, a match together, she has some of the most 
cohesive work. Mm-hmm. Um, her matches are entertaining. They're always different, different spots, different moves. Really a technician. Her promo work when she did get on the microphone was mid-level. I don't think it was great. I don't think it was bad. As a as an individual. On the team level, I think her and Liv were very cohesive. One of the strongest women's tag teams. Debatably the strongest as far as cohesiveness and things making sense. Um, as, as far as breaking up the team and Liv Morgan moving on as a solo competitor... Gonna ruin her. I they might ruin her, but I think it's an opportunity. I think it's an opportunity for Liv. Strong following. We'll see. So, will she end up in a semi decent spot? Maybe. Will she end up with another tag partner? Also, maybe. She doesn't have a lot of competition in the tag division. Because there's nobody. Nobody's strong as a team. Individually, maybe. But as a team, no. And that confuses me because the women's division on... She's on SmackDown, isn't she? Yes. I want to say... The women's division really isn't good there. We got Nia and Shane. No, that's Raw. They're at both. Well, are they Raw or SmackDown? I forget. Well, I mean, tag teams in general that are consistent. You have... Nia and Shayna. You've got um, Tamina and Natalia. Sonia and Mandy. Who else is there? Exactly. And I think that's it as far as like in the moment established teams. There's nobody. There was Lana and Naomi and now that's defunct. There was Liv and Ruby. Now that's defunct. I hope to God they don't do Liv and Naomi. Because it just, it's a it's a total mishmash of style that I don't think would work. But then again, who else is on the roster to even work with them? That isn't already in a segment. Unless you call somebody up. I don't know. The last release here is Santana Garrett. I don't know anything about her. Who's that? She was on NXT. Yeah. I have never seen her work. Nope. I don't know exactly how far back she goes with the company, but I know it's short enough to where it was kind of dumb to let her go now because it's a short release on an investment. They couldn't have, you know, stuck with her enough to maybe see if things wouldn't have worked out. Whatever. I made a list of examples of WWE misbooking talent that should have been great. And in the beginning were with their hype and with some of their moments, but in the end, absolutely flopped in light of these releases. Do you want to hear this list? Sure. All right, at the top of it, the first one I think of in modern day is Shayna Baszler. 
Okay. Because back a while ago, Becky Lynch was the Raw Women's Champion. And Shayna had, if I remember right, just gotten called up. She comes out and says, you're not going to be the head honcho anymore. And, you know, I'm pretty much taking over. And she was legitimate. Then she bites a chunk in kayfabe out of Becky's neck. Beat her up pretty good a couple times. Then she goes on to win the women's elimination chamber to have the match against Becky. She loses the match, which she should have, because she had to kind of build that character before she wins a title like that. Right. Especially from Becky, who was white hot at the time. But then after that, what happens? Where's the disconnect? Something happened where she went top card championship matches to nothing. Feuding with what's his name? Reginald. Yeah. She's feuding with Reginald. And one half of are they the women's tag team champions right now? Her and Naya? No, they lost it to Tamina Natalia. Okay. So she's tag partners with arguably, and in my opinion, the worst women's wrestler on TV today. Maybe ever. Maybe ever. I I don't know about ever. There were some, some real doozies in the Attitude Era. Some real doozies. Sorry, I had to take your drink. Um, you know, and she's just totally flopped from that spot. And it's not like she's gotten bad with her in-ring ability. I mean, she doesn't do anything nearly as brutal anymore but she hasn't deteriorated her in-ring ability to a a horrible extent right right so there's a disconnect there with the booking somewhere and again i she shouldn't i'm not saying she should have won the title from becky or anything but there's a disconnect there the next one I am going to I'm going to have to explain Ricochet. Now let me say Ricochet is one of the most overrated wrestlers on that roster from the by the fans. I think he's an average guy, strong mid-carder. I don't think he should be world heavyweight champion. But I also think he doesn't deserve to go out there and get squashed nearly to career death by Brock Lesnar and just suffer losses left, right, up, and down to whoever comes on TV. When he first came in, he was a strong prospect. He won the, was it U.S. Championship? 
And I think that's perfect for him. That and the Intercontinental. I think he's a very strong mid-carder. But then something happened, and he has lost matches. He's been all over the place and apparently in the wrong places because he hasn't been winning matches or in a major storyline. So there's a disconnect there. EC3 is another one. Again, strong mid-carder. I don't think he should be in the main title picture. But they completely misused him. The only moment on live TV I can think of with him is when Alexa Bliss lightly flirted with him on the her talk show. That's it. That's all I can think of. So they completely botched that. Aleister Black, we've talked about. He's He's been hot and cold. Not because of his ability, but he comes in, he's white hot in NXT, fantastic talent, has some of the best moments of his era in NXT, and then comes up to the main roster and there's a disconnect somewhere. He starts out pretty on a pretty good track. And then what? And then what? Nothing. This next one, I don't think you'll agree with, but I don't know. Okay. The Iconics. So you have the... Huh? What was that? Go go ahead. So you have the Iconics who won the women's tag championships at WrestleMania. And from there, you take take them, you have pretty decent segments, nothing crazy. You have all right matches. And then for whatever random reason, you break up the team, they go their separate ways, they cut fantastic promos on, or at least Peyton had a pretty pretty great promo on um, Talking Smack, and mm-hmm. Billy Kay was charismatic in her own way. Yeah. And then they released the both of them. And, and that was a slow death for their WWE careers. Yeah. A slow death. I, I have three I have three more and I'll kind of push them along pretty fast because I know we're pressing time right now. Damian Priest. Alright. Now Damian Priest the, he was in the in, in the match at WrestleMania with Bad Bunny and the Miz and Morrison. Mm-hmm. But man, it that's that's all he's known for. Yeah. It will not separate him from that team. And because they were stuck so long on that segment for two, three months at a time, I don't know that he'll ever hit that stride that he originally should have. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I think he had potential, and he and he could still recover. It's going to take a little bit longer than it would have in the beginning, 
but he still has that potential to go strong mid-carder, build a rapport there, and if the time, the place, and the competition is right, moving up to the upper card. I think he could be one of those guys. And this one I have a question mark next to because, you know, obviously Damian Priest hasn't been main roster for a long time. And, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt, give it a little bit of time. But so far, we have some mismanagement here. These last two, I have no problem saying that they are, they are absolutely mismanaged in most ways. Eric and Ivar. Uh, yeah. I think so. You too. go, you go, what were they in the beginning? The War Raiders? Something like that, yeah. I think it was the either the War Raiders or the Viking Raiders. They become the Viking experience, which was dumb. Now they're the War Raiders or the Viking Raiders. It's it's one way or the other. They come in, they're a very imposing tag team. They're they're built great as this dominant force, like they were in NXT, like they were in Ring of Honor. Great guys. And then they kill that entire momentum train. Mm -hmm. Do you know how? Oh. By booking that stupid, goofy, (laughs) garbage, absolute garbage writing matches with the Street Profits, who I also don't like as a tag team. They're too goofy for wrestling. They're too goofy in general. Any team that's with them is doomed to suffer that same fate, and the Viking Raiders are a prime example of that. Because they took them and they made this goofy garbage out of this team at Money in the Bank. At Money in the Bank, they had a cinematic match, and even leading up to it, all those promos and moments and segments were dumb of, oh, anything you guys can do, we can do better. That was the definition of this isn't about wrestling anymore. This is about Hollywood. Yeah. And that should not be the case. And if you want proof of that, go and watch that match because they do that. Everything you can do, I can do better. They make it into a comedy skit. And then towards the end of it, Akira and the ninjas come in and make a joke of it. And to this day, it will be, and beyond, it will be burned in my memory as one of the stupidest matches I've ever seen. And I use the word matches very lightly. But they made the Viking Raiders into a comedy skit BS team that haven't been on because I believe it's Eric is injured. I think it's Eric. They're what? They're on TV. They have been for like the past month. Oh, they came back. Yeah, they returned. Okay. I think it was like a week after uh, Backlash. Not even a week. I think it was the Monday after Backlash they returned. Oh, that's right. Because they were on the um, uh, Talking... Was it Talking Smack? No, it would have been the Raw one. Or the Raw equivalent? Yeah, because they're on Raw. Are they still doing the goofy stuff? 
Yeah. Honestly, the match I saw, they were pretty normal. Okay. They wrestled, and it wasn't like anything. They could maybe turn it around a little bit. But what they did, and I don't know what extent it was them and what extent it was creative, what extent it was Street Profits, or I, I doubt it was the Street Profits. They're just, they do their gimmick, and that is what it is. But that was honestly one of the dumbest moments in wrestling that I have witnessed live. That match was a disgrace. If you want to call it a match. It wasn't. It was just, yeah. I don't know. I think Abysmal would sum it up pretty well. Okay, the last one on my list is Retribution. Retribution. Now, Retribution, when they were coming in, before we knew they were Retribution, before we knew they were a group, before we knew anything, and they were just messing with things, it was an interesting concept. They presented it well. You didn't know what was going to happen. And then they come out in that ridiculous gear, ridiculous names, Mace and Slapjack and T-Bar, Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't insult my guy, uh, Slapjack. It, Slapjack was the worst of them. That is <laughs> egregious. That's absolutely egregious. What are you talking about? They're the best stable of all time, man. <laughs> Greatest. The goats. <laughs> yeah, right up there with the core and Nexus. but you have these guys and let me tell you one of the members Dominic Dijakovic on his own was on a hot streak I won't say a white hot streak because it wasn't but he was on a hot streak in NXT before doing this Mm -hmm. Mia Yim was decent but she was young enough to where it was okay to be decent there was promise there there's potential. I don't remember the other two guys' names off the top of my head. I know they were NXT guys, but I think the masks were a horrible idea. Taking away their names was a horrible idea because the whole idea of the group was we are underrepresented. We are definitely worthy of our talent. And when you think in a situation like that, you would want people to know the name that you have been billed under so that they know, oh, yeah, this person. Yeah, they were underutilized. Yeah. And then you go back and see their matches, and it's like, yeah, you know what? Push these guys, and then you get behind them. They're not this new entity that you know has never had a match under this name or this gear. And you're like, okay, you can say you're underutilized all you want. I've never seen you wrestle in this persona not to mention it looked dumb I don't know you're right I am a Debbie Downer yeah that's a good one but that was it it felt good to get all that off my chest that whole 13 minute 15 minute list (laughs) 
we are definitely over our mark for time. So to lift the curtain a little bit, give you guys a sneak peek and break some kayfabe. We, uh, we're going to go off the air with this one and we are going to go into recording a, an extra podcast where me and Gabe have come up with some questions for each other that we have not asked each other yet. Oh, we're going to be asking each other questions, giving some hot takes, giving some personal answers on some personal questions about our ideas of the business. And we hope you guys tune into that to give you guys kind of a background of how we feel about certain aspects of the business and just kind of our, how our wheels turn on wrestling. Got anything closing to say in the final moments, Gabe? I don't think so. (laughs) All right. We will see you on the extras and then we will see you on the next week's edition of the podcast. All right.